You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. Uh, in segment two today, I'm actually going to, I didn't expect to talk a lot of TCU basketball in this episode, but they got a huge win against Texas Tech Saturday. They finally pulled off an upset. So we'll discuss that later on in the show. I did want to bring in, though, if you listen to the show um, regularly, you'll recognize this guest. If you haven't, welcome to baseball season. Eric Hughes, who is part of TCU's game day production, um, he is here with us, and he's going to talk TCU baseball throughout the season on Mondays. Um, Eric was working some of the games at Globe Life this weekend and got to see TCU in person. So uh, the Frogs are 6-1. and one. They're playing well. They swept Nebraska this weekend. Nebraska uh, had some pretty high expectations coming into the year. It does not seem like they might be as good as people thought they uh, could be, but still, uh, TCU took care of business, which was exciting. And Eric, where I wanted to start today was, you know, this lineup, I think they've been okay. You know, nothing, like they haven't been fantastic every single night, but they seem to produce runs uh, when they need to. And I was just wondering what your biggest pleasant surprise is so far. Um, Elijah Nunez is doing pretty well at the top of the lineup, which at the end of last year, that wasn't the case. Uh, David Bishop, the freshman, has come in and is like raking in that cleanup spot. And Another name I thought of was Tommy Sacco, who was much maligned last year at times, um, both at the plate and on the in the field a little bit too. But he's hit <laughs> the ball well and actually hit a home run on Friday. So what, what are your thoughts on some of the guys that have, um, you know, stood out so far in that, in that lineup for the Frogs? Yeah, man. Um, I feel like the lineup was one of the biggest question marks coming into the year. I mean, TCU lost a lot of people with – you know, all the super seniors and all that sort of deal graduating this past year. And they lost a lot of, a lot of pop in the middle of the order. They mm-hmm. had, you know, Zach Humphreys, um, Gene Wood, Hunter Wolf, those kind of guys that were just the veteran hitters that you could, you know, you could count on all gone. Um, and then a couple more, but yeah, so the middle of the order, I was a little worried coming into the season, um, but David Bishop, as you mentioned, has been just killing it. He might be, in my opinion, the most important um, important bat in the lineup, just batting after Braden Taylor, because mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get from Braden um, coming off of just an amazing freshman year. Uh, but who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna protect him in that four spot? And Bishop has looked really good. Uh, so that's, that's a huge plus. That's a um, something that you can't ever expect out of a freshman, right? Unless you get, right. you, know, you have someone like Luke and Baker. Um, but <laughs> no, D- David Bishop has looked amazing. Uh, I would definitely have to say though, the biggest surprise, the biggest shocker is uh, Mr. Tommy Sacco. I mean, you, you said it, <laughs> but I mean, the guy just could not hit it all last season. Um, I mean, you know, we're two weeks in and so you can't, you can't necessarily, uh, you know, put, too much stock into it but he's just having some amazing just great at bats like and he's not getting I mean he's hitting I, I think he has the highest average on the team right now like 440 um but it's not like he's getting just little bloopers and dinky kind of hits squeezing through I mean he's he's hitting the ball he's he's hitting the ball hard and you mentioned that he, he had a home run he's had uh, a couple doubles on the season already and so 
Um, that's he's not going to be a guy that is batting at the top really, or the middle of the order. You know, he's probably going to hit seventh or eighth, but if you can have someone like that in those spots hit that well, then that's a huge plus. So uh, shout out to Tommy for starting off the season so hot. So yeah, the point you made about Bishop is a really good one uh, because honestly, like they intentionally walked Nebraska intentionally walked Braden Taylor on Friday nights, load the bases with a couple outs. Mm-hmm. Bishop had a double and made him pay. So that's huge. Yep. If you have a guy behind him that can hit. And, and yeah, like the Saco thing, in, in fairness to Tommy, I feel like one of the worst things that happened to him was Jim Slosh, and this is completely separate from his slump last year at the plate, but Jim Sloshnagel saying at one point that he was like the best offensive shortstop in the history of the program. Um, yeah. Like put some expectations on him that haven't haven't been met exactly, and that's that's been right. rough. But honestly, he has been really good to start the season, so that's encouraging. Um, moving on to the pitching, so I was completely wrong about this staff at least to start the season I thought they would struggle with their starters like the starters kind of struggle to get in the rhythm early and it would be the bullpen that was like the steady kind of rock early in the year and honestly it's been kind of flipped the other way now the back end of the bullpen has been great but um, the starting pitching I know you got a chance to see Brett Walker up close today and he was really good again Uh, Austin Krobe seems to be doing his thing uh, I've just been super impressed, Eric, that they, with some new faces, like they've really been the most consistent, you know, part of the team so far. So um, what are your thoughts about the guys that have gotten the ball so far on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Yeah, the staff looked great this weekend, pitched well um, in Arizona the weekend before. Um, I One thing I, I liked about um, Austin Krobe. Um, this weekend or yeah this Friday was seeing him last year he it's like he tried to strike everybody out and he he did strike a lot of guys out but he would walk a lot of guys Um, and so he he would get that pitch count up so high that he was done after the fifth maybe into the sixth inning Um, you haven't seen him go deep yet but that's because of the coaching staff just kind of ramping him up at the start of the season um, and so that's been encouraging to me. I think uh, if you're going to have someone on Friday night, you want them to go uh, into the seventh inning. And so I think that's definitely a possibility with the way he's been pitching. Um, you mentioned it with Brett Walker. He's looked really good. I think it's just nice to have a guy on day three that has pitched for four seasons already in college baseball. Like he knows, he just knows how to pitch. He knows how to get ahead of hitters. Um, yeah. His, his, uh, secondary pitches, his off-speed pitches looked really good to me. It looked like he had a great um, slider going that he could throw it any, in any count uh, and had a, had a good changeup working as well. And so um, that's that was really encouraging to see. So, yeah, I mean, the pitching staff, you had two spots to fill this year, right? And that's not always an easy, an easy deal um, to, to accomplish. And so um, based off of what we've seen the first two weeks, they, both guys would look good. You got uh, Cam Brown in the uh, Tuesday night slot that um, looked good on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, the pitching staff so far, so far so good, I would say. And, and Riley Cornelio, I haven't had a chance to watch him a lot, but he's got really explosive stuff. I mean, you can just kind of tell mm-hmm. he's striking yep. guys out. He had a good start against Nebraska Saturday. 
but yeah, Brett Walker, I think he's kind of the X factor here because last year, I mean, we all know what happened with Johnny Ray just down the stretch. I think it was a, a mental thing more than, than anything, obviously, but um, he struggled and they sort of like toggle between him and Charles King. But um, I mean, Eric, you know, like those third days, those are huge days in a series. I mean, that's either your rubber yep. game or you're trying to sweep somebody. You're trying to not get swept. Um, mm-hmm. That's a huge deal. And he also just seems like you, you see, he knows how to pitch. It just feels like his pace, like the way he's working, he knows exactly what he wants to do, um, yep. you know, when he gets on the mound. And that's, that's a big deal when you're talking about a guy going six or seven innings in a ball game. Absolutely. Yeah. Those third days is, I mean, that's where you see, typically see a big drop off in, in college baseball in terms of that third starter. Like a lot of teams are kind of scrambling at that point. And so if you can have a guy that can just be in, be in control of the game, you're not asking him to be, to be an ace and go out there and get 10 strikeouts a game, uh, but just be efficient uh, be able to go six innings in a game, um, get you a quality start in there, and uh, just allow your bats to do their thing against the other team's third starter. So, um, yeah, I think it's a nice start to the season for uh, Brett Walker, and I think it's something that, um, yeah, it's got to it's got to feel good for 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 Kirk Sarlus to have that guy in the third third uh, day of the series to be able to turn it to moving on to the bullpen um it's been kind of an adventure i'll say this the the back end of the bullpen marcelo perez and river ridings look great like river ridings has given up maybe more base runners than you would like but he's handled his business in safe situations um marcelo has been really good it's it's kind of those middle innings that have been hit or miss so far um, and they're working some new guys in with Tommy Savage and uh, Caleb Bolden, the Arkansas transfer, Tommy Valla transfer from Notre Dame. But you brought up a point before we started recording. Uh, you heard Kirk Sarley say before the season, he really wanted some, you know, clear defined role. So I guess, how do you think that could help? Because we know last year that bullpen actually kind of came into its own as mm-hmm. the year progressed. But I mean, those first two months, Eric, it really felt like, you're just putting somebody out there and hoping they can get some more outs before we have to put Halen Green on the mound to get you know, the last, <laughs> yeah. last six or seven outs of the game. Um, so if they could have, you know, some pretty clear defined roles getting you to the back end of the bullpen, that, that could be a huge plus for this team. Yeah, I think it just helps with just mentally for the guys just getting ready, right? Like if you – and look, the – the MLB has kind of gone the other way in terms of how, how a game is managed, right? Like they, they turn to guys when a certain part of the order comes up. Um, But I think the traditional way of doing it is helpful mentally for, for players, especially for, if you're a college player, you're young, you don't have as much experience, Um, but it just helps you know, you know, what's coming, right? Like, you know, to mentally get prepared. Um, I think the way Kirk said it was, uh, you know, towards the end of the game, if you don't have those roles defined, the the phone calls, everybody's looking around, looking to see, you know, they don't know who it's going to be. Everybody's wondering. But if you have those defined roles, everybody kind of is able just to get in a, get in a rhythm and get ready. And so, um, yeah, I think I like that in terms of what they have so far for this year. Um, you've got Marcelo, 
who can uh, come in as a setup guy and then River in the ninth inning. And so um, these early season games are always like this to where you're getting, you're trying to, you're just trying to get these guys loose. You're trying to get them going. You're trying to get a feel for your pitches. And, um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of the, a lot of the guys coming in um, mentioned the two transfers. These guys have the stuff that it takes to compete at the highest levels. Um, they both have been pitching for, for teams that are, gone to regionals and super regionals so um you know i think it's just a matter of time before they get going but uh yeah i think i think the bullpen is going to be something that once things get worked out that is going to turn into a strength for the frogs augie milbauer too he's been a situational guy for him and he also seems like a, a player that's going to log a lot of innings or at least a lot of kind of at bats in those lefty lefty situations this year um final thing for you and sorry if i kind of your thunder with the last question but it it's weird I mean there was a coaching change it doesn't really feel like a lot has changed because we know Kirk's are loose uh but I guess watching the the couple games you you got to cover this weekend did you sense anything that was different you know from the the Jim Flashnagel tenure that stood out to you about whether the energy level or how, how he managed the game this weekend yeah you know I don't there's nothing um just from an outsider watching that I would say is a huge change or a huge difference. I know um, just from what I've heard, there's, there's a little bit more freedom in terms of um, guys just to um, just be free to feel like that they can fail in a sense to, uh, to get to the point to where they need to be. Um, you know, I think Schloss was an amazing, like just one of the, absolutely the greatest TC baseball coach in the history. Um, he did, he was very particular about the way things that went down and the way you prepped and, and prepared for games, which is, which is great. But I think what Schloss or excuse me, what uh, Sarlis wants to do is, is let guys um, just to feel like they can be themselves and to feel like they can, um, yeah, just feel a little bit freer uh, in terms of the way that they um, can play. And so, um, but, yeah, there's nothing particular. The one thing, as you mentioned, you know, I think is getting those more defined roles in terms of the bullpen. But, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, the only thing that you could say that you would notice so far. Uh, and, hey, the win, the wins are, are there. So that's, uh, that's another thing that's continued. So, Yes, that is, uh, that's what we care about the most. And that has continued so far. So excited about TC baseball early in the season. Um, they'll play UTA on Tuesday and then we promise there's going to be a weekend series at Lupton at some point this year. It'll be in, in <laughs> mid-March in a couple of weeks, but man, they've been uh, kind of on the, the road. They'll actually go after that UTA game to Kentucky for three games against Kentucky and Lexington, and then a pretty spicy Tuesday night matchup with Louisville right after that. So that'll be a fun kind of week yes. to watch. Um, and Eric will be right here with us all season long. So we appreciate him when we come back. Uh, man, the Jamie Dixon factor. Frogs get a big dub against Texas Tech, and have they officially solidified their NCAA tournament hopes? We'll discuss that on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Okay, segment two here of Lockdown Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Hope you enjoyed uh, that conversation with Eric Hughes to start the show. Want to talk some TCU basketball here to close it out. And man, what a victory on Saturday! The Frogs take on Texas Tech in Fort Worth. 
and they're able to uh, come back. I mean, Tech really controlled that game from the majority of the, of the contest, but TCU just slowly sort of chipped away. Um, they had a really good day defensively, forced 20 turnovers, uh, forced Texas Tech into a lot of turnovers, which is usually what they're doing on you know the offensive end of the floor, but they're able to return the favor against Texas Tech. And I liked, you know, Jamie Dixon, they went to a press at times. They were really pressuring the basketball. Mike Miles had five steals. You know, Chuck O'Bannon had a couple swipes. Like, they were getting up and down the floor. And they just sort of, you know, stayed in the game, hung around, hung around. And then finally, Francisco Farabello hit a big three with about four minutes left to give them the lead. And then it was a back-and-forth game, um, you know, towards the end. But TCU able to pull out a victory. 69 to 66. It was not without drama. There were some missed free throws. Uh, Tech had multiple opportunities, including um, Bryson Williams hitting a shot like at the buzzer. Now, thankfully, it was after the buzzer, but he hit a three um, that would have tied the game if he got it off in time, but he didn't. And TCU survives and they get the win. It's really, you know, one of the first true upsets they've had all year. It's the first win over a team in the top four that they've been able to pull off all year, the top four meaning in the Big 12 Conference. Um, and they got it done. They really had to get it done in a lot of ways. Not necessarily that game, but um, to make the tournament, they needed to steal one against either Tech or Kansas here uh, in these you know final stretch of games before the Big 12 tournament starts. And they're able to get it done against Texas Tech. And I have been at times, I've been kind of critical of Mike Miles um, just because, like, I think Mike has big expectations. You know, I feel like he's going to be uh, a guy that you see in the NBA either next year or in a few years. And I don't feel like he always takes over games like I would expect um, a, a future NBA-type scorer to do. But he was fantastic. He had 26 points. Um, he did it really very efficiently. He was able to get uh, to his spots, and he was doing it, you know, from the three-point line, hit a couple deep shots, hit some nice mid-range jumpers, you know, in rhythm off the bounce, um, had a big dunk where he just uh, saw an opening and went up and yammed it down, had a blow-by for a layup that was big, had a couple of huge passes, including maybe the biggest play of the game. Frogs were um, either down a point or the game was tied with under a minute to go, and he was able to penetrate, kick it to Xavier Cork, who went up for a slam to give TCU the lead, and they would keep that lead for the rest of the game. So Mike Miles, I mean, he was the best player on the floor Saturday afternoon into Saturday evening, and that just hasn't been a consistent trend. But I'm glad that it happened, and maybe it was the wrist injury, right? Like, I know he's been dealing with that. I know that's been an issue. So maybe he just is starting to really come around and be healthy. If that's the case, that's a big development for TC basketball because he is a guy that can create his own shot, that can make shots at a high level, and they really don't have anybody else like that on the team. Um, you know, around him, other guys stepped up. Damian Ball had his usual 10 points. Manuel Miller had 11 points, played with high energy. Eddie Lampkin played with high energy. But the player that I want to highlight um, – Today, he only had one point on the night, but he played 21 minutes. And Micah Peavy was huge down the stretch. Now, obviously, Micah, he was a transfer from Texas Tech. And some people had mentioned before that game in Lubbock. Now, in fairness to Micah Peavy, I don't really remember him making a big deal of this. But since he played at Texas Tech, uh, I think Damian Ball said this. Like, hey, we want to win this game for him. Um, This is a, a chance for him to come back and show that, 
he deserved to be on the floor more there at Texas Tech. Not in those words, but basically they wanted to uh, win the game for Micah Peavy. And he didn't play well in Lubbock. Nobody really did past the first ten minutes of the game. But he came back uh, on Saturday night, and the box score doesn't show it, but he was huge. There were multiple possessions late in that game where he was just a great on-the-ball defender, made things really, really tough for a Tech offense that at times was humming, um, had a huge rebound that essentially sealed the victory. Now, it would have been great if he hit one of those two free throws after he got fouled to really put the game away. Couldn't quite do that. But TCU, they get a victory. He was outstanding. Now, let me say this. I've seen, and and I'm not just saying this, like I'm going to point out some folks that are on the beat, but this has also been said by the national media. John Rothstein, who is – the National College Basketball Reporter for CBS Sports, he said it on Saturday. He said, hey, Jamie Dixon and his TCU team, they've solidified a spot in the NCAA tournament. And I saw some, you know, writers on the TCU beat saying the same thing. Like, hey, it's done deal. TCU's an attorney. Um, I still think they need to win one more game. Now, can they get in if they lose out and have a 7-11 and conference record? Could they get in with some of the wins on their resume? Yes, I think they could. Uh I just feel like you're going to be sweating on Selection Sunday if that's the case. Now, if you can win one more, whether it's against KU or West Virginia, um, and you're sitting at 8-10 and 10 in the Big 12, I feel like it's, it's a lock. Like, you should be in. You should feel great going into Selection Sunday. And it would be a big step forward for this program. Jamie Dixon, I don't agree with everything he's done. I, I think that should the should the team be at a higher level than they are right now? Yes. But I'll say this. Getting to the NCAA tournament would be a huge deal because it's not like it happens a lot for TCU. And I feel like overall this year has been a step forward. Now, can you continue on that trajectory? I don't know. Are there still some pretty glaring flaws with this team and with the Jimmy Dixon tenure? Yes. But to bounce back after it looked like hope was kind of lost after those losses against Iowa State and Kansas State at home, to give yourself a good chance to make the the dance is significant. And, uh, yeah, I commend the guys for doing it. So we'll keep an eye on that as the week goes on. Busy week for TC basketball. They play Kansas Tuesday, Kansas again Thursday, and then West Virginia Saturday. Uh, and we'll see, you know, how the dust settles after all those games. This has been Lockdown Horn Frogs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.